Coming up, the confusing odds for NBA favorites to win the title, where Boston stands in the rumor mill of landing Kevin Durant, and how Brooklyn still is in the mix. It's a fascinating discussion there, on top of which, what could the Kyrie Irving-led Boston incoming talent with recent ties from his time there look like? Good Lord. We'll get into it after the theme music. You are locked on Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. It is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Nori, owner-operator DFSR. For all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I am Adam Armbrick, breaking down the New York football giants in training camp over on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms. And Doug, we're going to get into what... Kyrie Irving's reunion with several players that he once was a teammate of in Boston could look like in a Kevin Durant trade. But before we do that, betting odds, man, they are a fascinating landscape when we think about, you know, reading the tea leaves on is Kevin Durant going somewhere by, by some Vegas standards. Maybe we don't know. Maybe he splits time 50, 50, some in Boston, some in Brooklyn. Yeah, man. Hey, look, betting markets and, you know, our friends over at Bet Online, which I'll get into here in a second, have posted new odds for the Kevin Durant landing spot. I know what people are going to say, uh, you know, the, everyone's going to come in with the. It's like, well, betting markets can be, you know, the odds can be wrong. Yeah, I get it. That's why they're called odds. Like, it's, it, this is percentile chances of something happen in real time, right? This is how this thing works. It's not a right or wrong venture. It's a, you know, trying to figure out the likelihood or unlikelihood of an event occurring. This isn't, you know, staring at your weatherman and say, hey, there was a 60% chance of rain and it doesn't rain. It's like, told you they were wrong. They're never right. It's like, no, there's a 40% chance it wasn't going to. It's got to always head this one off at the pass early. So <laughs> anyway, with that being said, our friends over at Bet Online have new updated odds of where a couple different things that I think are pretty interesting. One is now if Kevin's rant, um, the next team for him to not, if it's not going to be the Nets, is Boston Celtics minus 150. This does look a little different than a couple other places out there who I'm not going to bother mentioning, um, where now the Celtics in some places are actually just the favorite to land um, Kevin Durant, where it is pretty universally accepted now uh, among the NBA betting landscape is that the Celtics are now the prohibitive favorites to win the title. <laughs> like that moved, that moved in one day. For right now, over at Bet Online, and this is uh, in line with the rest of the industry, is Celtics plus four hundred to win the championship. Bucks plus six hundred. Golden State Warriors plus seven hundred. It takes the the mere mention of Kevin Durant becoming coming to your team is enough to swing your title odds correctly, like we talked about yesterday. Um, in terms of like where you could land if he was on your team, even if they shipped out considerable talent to get him. Because for all the reasons that we spoke about, where it does get really funny, I love your opinion about this. Over on Bet Online, like I said, Celtics won plus 400, Bucks, uh, then Warriors, then the Clippers. Okay. Yeah, I can see a Kawhi and PG coming back. Then the Suns. Okay. Pretty good team. Could get Kevin Durant. Then <laughs> number six, the Nets. <laughs> the Nets at, at, plus, at plus 1400. How? <laughs> How are we here? <laughs> what is happening? 
And it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. I don't know. Like this is, it's such a crazy time we're living in. <laughs> it's a crazy world. Well, that's why I said at the top, right? I don't know. You know, do, are we fully, are we fully convinced that there isn't going to be the first ever part-time NBA superstar who plays for multiple teams in the same season? I mean, simultaneously as in Boston <laughs> plays Brooklyn and Kevin Durant kind of has tearaway uniforms and just quarter by quarter, he rips off one layer. He goes from black to green and, and away we go. I, I think that, as you said, this is not the ironclad statement about what's going to happen. But sure. when you see movement like this, the go back to last year, right? Brooklyn, we could never get away from Brooklyn being in the championship odds conversations. Even as everything happened throughout the year, they were like, ah, well, we don't know for sure, though. <laughs> like Kyrie could come back or maybe Kevin Durant's not going to, you know, he's not injured for five games, maybe 20 games. James Harden traded, not traded. So like, Brooklyn is probably over this the life cycle of of getting these superstars been what should have been the most volatile championship odds team and yet they can't get themselves out of being in the top group that would be considered because there's a spectrum where yeah these guys could always end up running it back and when we know we know what it means if Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn they do stay in those championship odds because to your point any team that adds him like Boston even speculatively immediately gets launched to the top of the conversation. The last time this felt really good was entering the Celtics series two seasons ago um, when they were fully healthy and they were, looked like everyone was on the, the uh, up and comer and they were going and they were just going to roll through everyone. And they basically did. I know Boston took a game. They completely waxed them uh, over that. And then they took the first two games of the Bucks series and they were the odds on favorite to win the championship. And that one was the last time I think you could look at it and say with conviction this is where they this is where they actually belong basically since then the odds have been this has been the most difficult team to get a handle on when it comes to the odds because it's been a never-ending cycle of what's going to happen if this happens if this just works out if this guy does this if this guy does that it's been like basically since Harden hurt his hamstring and then Kyrie uh, tweaked his ankle on Giannis when he came down for the rebound since then They've always hovered in this zone because you dream about, hey, if you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, you're the favorite. That's it. They just they couldn't get them because of mandates and you know vaccines and injuries and people wanting to get out. And even after that, it's like, okay, well, if you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, that looks pretty good too. That looks pretty good too, except <laughs> you can never actually get them on the court. And now, or even through that, you're like, okay, well, there's still kind of that happening, but now... Maybe so no Kyrie, to, but maybe Kevin well, Durant and Ben Simmons and some other we pieces... Have to, could still okay, be a chance to, for a we, championship. We have to factor that in a little bit. It counts for a little bit. Like, I'm not sure how much it counts for, but it certainly counts for something. And then you get, so you have to hedge your bets a little bit. And then you say, but if Kevin Durant went to the Celtics, they're clearly, they are clearly the odds on favor. Where, like where, them um, and, where are the Lakers? Um, bet online, they're below. They're, uh, they're actually under the nets at plus 1400. Another one of these, like, not really sure where to land them. That is that depending on where you look, this one gets switched around a little bit. Some yeah. places have the Lakers a little higher, some have them lower. They're a little bit in the they, I kind of qualify it's it's funny about how this works with the superstars. You you almost put the Lakers and the Celtics in the same group. It's like how far are you willing to put Kevin Durant? How how low are you willing to put Kevin Durant and LeBron James on the list? Like that's right. really what the that's really what the equation is for those two teams. You're really asking yourself, how low do I want to put these two guys? Because if they're on the team, that's one of that very small group that you kind of need to win the championship. I can't go worse than like ninth 
if they're going to be on the team. I probably can't go worse than six if either if if they're both going to be on the team because you could things can move around. You do you feel awesome about it? Of course not. You feel terrible about it <laughs> for for both teams. It'd be it'd really be hard to hover over and go with full conviction that like you've, you're getting great value on these guys. But again, just kind of the whole point of this was to highlight how difficult this situation is to figure out. Like we have, been, we are now in year. We're basically rounding into a year here, right? From like for the whole thing, a year of just this complete uncertainty around the team. And it's just highlighted through the betting markets. Like it's so that is where I think the betting markets are very helpful because they they show you sort of like the dream of what could be with the disappointment of what hasn't been. And that was going to be my my final point on this before I know we're going to get into uh, what this roster and this trade and and some other of the details in behind that. But it's it's re also solidifying what we talked about yesterday why these packages and getting the right floor set and maybe making a little adjustment to the ceiling. But what is Kevin Durant to your team? He's this. He's taking you to an odds-on favor to win the championship. And that that reaffirms, everyone keeps saying, 33, going to be 34 years old, has some injury history. Great, grand, wonderful. He still is this for a team that can bring him in via trade. Even the possibility, the rumor of bringing him in gets you as one of the odds-on favorites, and that can't be overlooked when we're talking about the packages and the possibilities. It's why the Nets are willing to stand there and say, yeah, keep coming back to us with better offers because you see how this transitions your organization from a whatever top seven, top 10 contender to being at the top of that list. I have one more point about Durant around this. Um, and then, well, we're obviously going to move into some of these other ways that the team could shake out first. We've been talking about the whole time here, betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You find that your favorite sports, the events, it's all there in the number one source for odds, lines, and games. We just went through all the stuff on betonline. We use these guys, folks. It's, it's very easy with this when you actually use them. They have every sport that you could really ever imagine. Obviously, NFL is going to be coming down the pike here. NBA, when they're back up, uh, I'm rolling through MLB every single night with the money lines bet online is a top online source for all your sports wagering information head online head on over to bet online today use that mobile device to check out all the action happening bet online where the game starts and where you start doug to wrap up your conversation around kevin durant oh, yeah. what's, the, what's the last point that this you is, want to make on him yeah okay so this is the easy part right this is the other part where i think it gets lost in the weeds when everyone wants to compare a superstar getting traded in a situation like this Kevin Durant is just better than all those other guys that were traded. <laughs> like I know people want to use like Kevin. Like everyone wants to use Harden. I get it. Like there's a tier at some point. You just have to cut it off. Everyone wants to use Harden. You want to use AD. Like you want to use Kawhi, but we can't. I mean, Kawhi was actually probably on is on this level, but there was more questions around. Was he actually hurt? Is he actually willing to play? He's out for a year. Are you going to resign? Is he going to leave? All this other stuff. I would say Kawhi was on that level, though, um, which is actually funny because the Clippers are up there in championship odds basically because they have Kawhi Leonard on the team. He sat out the whole season, and they're <laughs> second, right. or th- second or third, depending on where you look, because Kawhi is on the team, right? You need one of these guys. Anyway, the other part of this, even when you factor in age, Durant is just better than these guys. Like, he's better. He's he's more complete player. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's coming off a season where before he got hurt, yes, there's a caveat there, he was the favorite for MVP. He's still, they don't even know what team he's going to be on, and he's fourth overall in MVP voting right now. They don't know what team he's on because guess what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what team he's on because you put him on this team, put him on maybe not the Kings because they might not win enough games, but like put him on any team. He's probably going to be right up there in MVP voting. 
among all things, that is what tells the whole story. It doesn't matter for this guy. It hasn't moved. All the other championship stuff has moved over these last couple of weeks, depending on him. Durant's odds have not moved. He's been fourth every time. Suns, cool, fourth. Celtics, cool, fourth. Nets, fourth. He's there. It's every time. It doesn't matter. So anyway, that's my last little Kevin Durant thing. And he might be third or second in that if you actually knew definitively what team he was going to be on and you could really put oh, the context who was he going to yes. be playing with, right? Yeah, like if he got traded to the Suns tomorrow, he might be the favorite. I mean, Giannis probably still be the favorite, but like, um, like it would be really, really close, right? Yeah, so he's actually taking a little bit of a knock around that, around the uncertainty of where he's going to play, and still he's fourth overall. Hundred percent. The other piece then um, that I thought was interesting about this because so sorry, well, real quick, Luca was. I'm just going to declare Luca's the favorite. Go, you can go on. Yes, no, we all knew that. We all knew talking about that. Yeah. Um, it, it, the other thing about this was so obviously we know that the report is is a few weeks old and Woj comes out with it and inside of one news cycle, Adrian Wojnarowski he said. The Brooklyn Nets are not shopping Kevin Durant. Their goal is to retain him for the course of the season. However, there have been these trade conversations, and by the evening he was like, now the Nets would prefer to get this trade done and move Kevin Durant to a team of his choice. It was like, dude, just feel free to take a tack hammer and knock yourself in the side of the head because it's about as understandable or disseminating when you get this type of news feed. But inside of that was Sham Sharania kind of subtexting. We always say, one is is organizational side. The other one is the player side. So you have these pieces where some some confirmation from Shams that yes, there were real pieces being mentioned in this. That Jalen Brunt, Brunt, uh, Brown, excuse me, may not be wholly satisfied with his situation in Boston. And then on top of which, a little extra drop was Kyrie Irving still anticipates and expects to play out this opt-in season with the Brooklyn Nets, with or without Kevin Durant. And we had previously talked about that. What could it look like? So I thought it was worth just looking back then at this package or at the idea of it and saying, what is the ideal version? Because we were saying, okay, Brown, and then you're going to ask for Smart, and maybe White, and maybe you're going to go uh, you know, for one of the Williams and, and this big offer. I came back to it and thought, well, if Kyrie Irving is going to be a part of this team, I'd probably go to the table if you're having these discussions. And I say, well, yes, it's Brown, obviously, and maybe I push for I, I push for Robert Williams. I don't care about Derek White. I don't care about Marcus Smart. I actually just want another bigger body to put onto my team, knowing what the complementary pieces are going to look like. If you run it through that filter, do you think it makes a difference in, oh, is the breaking point Marcus Smart? Well, maybe not if we think we're going to go at least this next year with still Kyrie Irving in that backcourt. Yeah, this is like, this is, you know, once we reframe some of our thought process around the Nets for the next season, um, when Ky- with Kyrie on the team, which is like a, a point we came to probably a week or 10 days ago, where we said, oh, right, he's just going to be on the team next year. And now we have to reframe <laughs> how we kind of view their, you know, their, not, not just, championship equity. Just quickly, which by the way, depending on which day and which report you listen to, it's no, Kyrie Irving's going to be here for this upcoming season, slash, as soon as Kevin Durant gets traded. Expect Kyrie Irving to be gone. So just, you know, it's all inside of this wash, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I still think that that is not a 100% slam dunk. I think yeah. it's there are, are parts of this that behoove the Nets to, like, play the string out with Kyrie. Like, he has he balls out this season. He You can get him on a sign-and-trade next year. Like, yep. if he wants yep. to go, go somewhere else and you can facilitate a sign-and-trade because his stock's up or his stock's just up and you just want to re-sign him because he's still Kyrie Irving. I think there's lots of, there's lots of scenarios here where Kyrie playing it out even post Durant makes makes sense. I think we can pretty much know how it would go, I think, but if it went really well, you might start telling yourself a different Kyrie story. Sure. In terms of a package getting back, I mean, if 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 it was 
if the the team looked like if the team was Kyrie, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, and like the shooters they have, and then if you want to go big at times with Claxton, I would prefer that to like getting a Robert Williams in the door. I think mm-hmm. just because I think it would just they would just try to so chaos on the defensive end, try to be super fast. They'd probably be a little bit like a sieve. They would probably get they would get crushed on the boards at times, but they would be really good in transition. I think I'd probably go that direction. Hmm. The only issue I have with Williams, and here and here's the other thing. I don't want to start building my team. Oh God, you probably have to around the Ben Simmons fit. But you kind of have Ben Simmons maybe for a while here, and there is a certain class of player that just doesn't fit with his game, which is bigs who clog the lane, who just kind of rim run, and that's it. That is not a great Ben Simmons fit. So if you think you're starting to build around him, even though Time Lord is excellent on defense and maybe you just get it to work, I probably would just go a little bit of a different direction, try to jack as many threes up as I could, space the floor, like just go five out, or excuse me, a four out around him, and like just go that way. So I think that'd be my answer on Williams. And and if you got Rob Williams back, there's a world where if you wanted to flip that into something else or if Simmons ended up moving on, like there's lots of pieces here. So I think that's my first thoughts about that without and then that and the Nets probably don't have the luxury of just playing for total fit right now. <laughs> like they probably just need to get the best guys back and that's probably that actually now that I've talked myself into it. I'll just go that direction. I think they well, probably just want to get they want to get the best guys back. I think, yeah. Well, and, and so because I want to touch in on on the other impact that any of these trades, Boston or otherwise, that it's going to have on the Nets roster in a lot of ways. But to your point about you know wrapping your head around the Ben Simmons piece, I think it's why, and maybe you got there of I, I want you know I want the best talent. Yes, I also yeah. want the youngest assets too because then there's the most flippability in those pieces. Whereas whatever Marcus Smart is or whatever Derek White is, you know that there's some level of of shelf life to what you're going to turn them into a year from now or two years from now. Robert Williams, as you mentioned, I got four years of control on him. Even if he's not the right fit, another season or two from now at a trade deadline, I hopefully can turn him into another player or more draft capital. So that's certainly the the filter that you want to run all this through. And to, to your point, man, dreaming on, not dreaming on, but just thinking on what is Ben Simmons impact on these moves that we make? Well, geez. And you mentioned this uh, over the last couple episodes of haven't heard a lot from the Nets organization about Ben Simmons and how they feel about him or what the expectations are. And if you think that he is still a guy in his mid twenties and whoever you bring in could be a piece alongside him, boy, you would anticipate with ever, all the news and information out around Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, that you'd also be, from a spin standpoint, talking up this guy that at the minimum you want some other team to want to come get at this year's trade day in line as well. So I, I know we're going to turn into uh, some of the other roster pieces that are going to be impacted by this, but well, you mentioned that. And it's worth reminding people. like It's fascinating that you're not hearing the hype machine of, remember, we got a point forward on our roster under control for several years. Yeah, this is something that's wormed its way into my head over the last little bit after the Jackson Gatlin um, piece that we did uh, for Lockdown NBA, where I was like, yeah, you know, no one's really talked about him. I mean, we've seen like plenty of highlight videos from fans and stuff like that, but organizationally, no one said word one around this guy, good or bad. Now, obviously, they're not going to say anything bad, but no one said anything good either. And no, none of the guys, KD's never weighed in on it that I know of. Feel, please shoot me the a link of somewhere where it's happened. Um, I would, I'll, you know, uh, update a retraction next time. I have not seen it. Kyrie either. It's not like these guys are crazy out in the media. We've really never seen anything said. The organization's never really said much about him, like where he is and like how he's kind of fit in, what the role they think is going to be. No one's really said anything about Ben Simmons. I do worry a little bit 
about the silence on that end where not like you have to go out and just give this guy an affirmation circle every single day in the media to make sure that he feels good about himself. But we've just never heard anything except that, oh, we're supportive of him last year when he was going through the back thing, which clearly pissed them off. Like, I like I think that, I you know, I it was real. He had surgery. Okay, so I'm not saying that. I was the, the organization was clearly very upset with how that whole thing went because no one ever knew. Nash was completely under the bus whether that he was even going to play. Um, they threw him out to the wolves, and he just had to just take every bullet around whether that whole playoff series, it was a total mess. I think part of that was sending a message to Simmons himself saying, hey, we need a little more reliability. They didn't get it. So I, I do find it a little weird. Don't, do you? I mean, well, let's, take, let's take a quick break, and I want your yeah. opinion on this, because, because I think that like, I, I, maybe we just close with this instead of, this, uh, instead of the, the roster piece. But like, I, I do want your opinion uh, around what, like, what hasn't been said around Ben Simmons. We'll talk about that here in a second. And yeah, so we were going to talk about the roster impact, obviously, here in one of these post trades. But but you asked the question because and it, and it does tie into the idea of the the ripping off of the Kevin Durant trade band aid can actually have sting that lingers well beyond just that trade and what happens in return and moving forward. To your point, now I, I will I will give the one caveat if we're talking about you're just taking whatever information we're getting. He was there for, for Summer League, right? He was in Vegas. Yep. He was there watching the team, showing the support. So that's a good gesture on him. But you said about at the time of the trade, the Nets, obviously, James Harden, I want out of here. I want to make it to where I want it to go. It's always been Philly, the love of my life. Okay, you know, Daryl Morey, we dream. We dream to be together again. At long last, they accomplish it. And the Nets are thinking about how do we maximize the value we get back here? Ben, Sim- ben Simmons, in theory, is, okay, you didn't like it there. And every organization does this with stars. You didn't like it there? but you'll like it here with us. And then when he gets there, I do wonder if there were conversations or discussions around where are you physically, where are you mentally? Mental piece is one part of it, and they knew that that was going to be a component. If you got any indication that physically there were some concerns and all of a sudden on a dime, as you mentioned around Steve Nash, just kind of being blindsided on this idea of, no, no, he's good. What I meant was this guy shut down. He's going to need back surgery. That can sour an organization almost instantly to the point where they go, okay, you are now an asset. You are not a player to us. You are an asset that we hope we can turn into something else down the road as all of these things start to unravel. And I'll take it back again to my tinfoil hat theory that as soon as James Harden said he wanted out, the Brooklyn Nets organizationally were already turning their wheels on. What is the intent here if we have to ultimately move from Kevin Durant, move from Kyrie, Ben Simmons? All these guys just become capital and assets to go into this rebuild mode. And I I think you could be right around Ben Simmons and the way this team looked at him in the moment of the trade versus almost immediately after he came. Yeah, and I, like I said, this is just conjecture because I we haven't heard anything, but it's mostly based on we haven't heard anything. It's not even about Simmons. I know he was there for Summer League. He was sitting with Royce O'Neal. Like, it, there, was, uh, there was out there for support. That's great to see. It's not really about that. It's just, how have we not heard anything? How have we not heard about what the fit is like? How have we not seen any of this stuff? And maybe they haven't had a chance. Maybe it's a rehab thing, but it just, I, I do find the radio silence on it weird. What are you going to say? Well, because the other part that I thought was interesting was remember how Sean Marks came out and said, yeah, they're all coming back, signed, sealed, and delivered, just a matter of working out the details. And then in his post-season uh, you know, season press conference, he, he did you know, say, ah, that, that's on me for overextending that statement. And then the expectation gets set. James Harden's getting re-signed. Kyrie Irving's getting re-signed. And this is the big three going forward. A lot of things happen between you know statement A and the end of the season. But likewise... Well, no, real quick, but the, there's a huge difference here in that, though, because the difference is 
Ben Simmons is under contract this year for $35 million, next year for $38 million, and the year after that for $40 million. He's just on the team. That was yeah. around, like, whether these guys were coming back. Simmons is on the team. Like, treating him like anything else but the future right now is really foolhardy because they just – he needs to be on the team short of trading him. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And I agree with you. My only point there is Sean Marks and the organization stopping short of setting an expectation around what Ben Simmons is to the organization. So if they came out and said – we're really excited about what Ben Simmons is going to be. He's his point forward. He's dynamic. If Kevin Durant gets traded, hey, the pieces we can put around him, or even the existing roster, right? And you start to build this up and then cut to you trade him, you know, two weeks into the season, or you trade him at the deadline. I wonder if, right or wrong, Sean Marks and the organization is saying, like, let's not put our foot down on, on an expectation around what Ben Simmons is to our organization, as opposed to right now, I don't like it, but it's ambiguous of do they like him on the team or do they like him as an asset that can make the team ultimately well, better? Everyone does the first part where you praise your own players. You can praise <laughs> yeah. your own players without saying they're going to be, you know, they're going to hang his jersey in the sure. rafters when it's all said and done. I, like, you can still praise the player. We haven't even heard that part. Yeah, um, and, now, I'm, and I'm devil's just, advocating it, right? Like, that, that's yeah, all that this role is here. Maybe there's nothing to praise, I, like, and there could be. I, there clearly is. If you, if in the best iteration, they would not have said yes to the Harden trade unless they expected something out of him, right? Like, they've. I think that I want to. I believe that with Marks. I know their their feet were into the fire there with that thing, and it went down at very pretty much the very last second. I still think they had to have believed something with Simmons when they first traded for him, because you still would have said no. It would have been worth it. Like they weren't going to say to yes to just any package for James right. Harden just because he wanted out. Simmons was good enough, so I I do find there's a little difference there. What do you think? No, a hundred percent. And this one we kind of knew coming in. This was going to be a little bit of a, a free flowing episode where. Um, train of thought takes us down some interesting avenues. And to that point, if the Boston trade goes down and it's Jalen Brown and Derek White, Grant Williams, like, you know, whatever, but we know it's going to be Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving is going to play out this year is, is Brown Irving and Simmons. We talk about at the top championship odds. How far down do you get before you get to a, a Brooklyn Nets team that looks at that as their core. They have a lot of other young pieces and whatever else they're going to get back with that. You know, are they still at least lingering around the fringe of it of, hey, if you if you dream on the best version of this team, what is that? I'm calling them a big three. What is that big three to you in the hierarchy of the NBA? Oh, pretty low. Um, I'll, I'll read the teams that I would – I'm just going to say this off the cuff. These are the teams that yeah, I would have above yeah, yeah. them. These are the teams I would have above that team for the championship. Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, Clippers, Suns uh, – not the Nets. Uh, I would put the Lakers above them. I would put the Heat above them. The Sixers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, probably the Timberwolves, probably the Pelicans. I'd probably put them where the Hawks are. <laughs> like something like that. I think that would be top half of the league, baby. <laughs> top half of the league. JJ. I think it, it's all gonna be all right. Which is to say, like, not much of a chance, right? Like we have like those but, teams. But, but if we put that if we put that in that context, and, and this isn't a I'm not this isn't me saying, hey guys, it's all gonna be great, but in a post-Kevin Durant trade era where you can still say we're a top half of the league team, and you mentioned a lot of Western, you know, kind of even money there, Western and Eastern Conference teams, that means that you still are a playoff team. You're, you know, you're in that mix for the maybe the, you know, the the eighth to the seventh seed. Maybe you're fighting in there on the sixth, depending on how other teams shake out. And while that may not be where we were the last few seasons, I think like I cannot I'm not, you know, excited is is a funny way to frame it, but 
I can be really interested in watching that team, right? Oh, watching yeah. a version of the Brooklyn Nets that has Kyrie and Simmons and then name the third player, right? Maybe it is Scotty Barnes if Toronto comes back to the table. Maybe it is Ingram from the Pelicans if they get interested, right? Like, at least if we're trying to find the silver lining, like, you can be really interested and intrigued by oh, what yeah. that team looks like over that next season, which I think is fun. Like, that's a, a fun, let's bring some life back into this thing, right? That could be a really fun team to watch. They wouldn't be uninteresting, I'll tell you that. Like, they wouldn't be an, it wouldn't be a boring team, for, for, like, yeah. for almost for sure. And they would play super fast, and we got to watch Kyrie, and, you know, and they'd space the hopefully space the floor a little bit. They still have excellent three-point shooters on the team, some of the best in the league, even without Durant. And so this team, that team would still score a ton of points. They would be an absolute yeah. sieve on defense, um, even with a guy like Simmons, just because like too many other holes uh, without without Durant, right? But no, they would definitely be fun to watch. I'm here for it. I know originally when Katie, <laughs> I do, I will say just, and we'll round it out on this. But originally when the KD trade came, or possibility of a KD trade came out, I was like, oh man, what's gonna? We're we gonna watch like what's what we're gonna watch here? Like I was just so like, pumped for a championship. The like, unraveling like, of everything. Yeah, like, what are we gonna watch? I don't feel that way anymore. Almost no matter what the scenario is, right? So at least right now, and so I feel like it will be watchable. Is a championship level without him? Of course not. But we know that. We knew that right away. I, there, you're not trading back. You don't trade a Kevin Durant and get better in championship odds, right? There's just no, there's no, there's no world where that happens. But um, in general, though, no. From watching that standpoint, I'm, I'm still very much on board with getting some of these guys back and seeing how it all fits because assuming like the aforementioned Simmons can be something even though we haven't heard about it um it could be a really exciting team so i know it will yeah, get yeah. some more info on this as we go on through the week we got this all covered all the way through the off season obviously make sure you subscribe over on youtube appreciate all the comic i've called a philly fan said i was a like a i was a plant almost. who did that Oh, someone on, I can't remember. Someone on YouTube said that I'm secretly a Philly fan. I was like, I picked a really weird thing to do every day. If I'm just like secretly, you know, a psyop, <laughs> a, a, a psyop for, for Philly fans to just come here and, and slowly bleed away Nets fans as I turn them over to Philly. That would be the long game. He got me. He's playing the long game. Playing the long game. Anyway, go. That's it. Read that, that com- read that comment and more by subscribing over at YouTube. And of course, man, you're trying to wrap your head around all of this. Thinking about quantum physics is sometimes what this is like. It's like unraveling your brain and putting it back together again, but upside down. Much like studying any level of these trade speculations. That's from me and also author Rebecca Pigeon. Uh, R.I.P. Not sure. One of the all-time yeah, great poets. One of the all-time fine. great poets and writers. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.